0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Sweaty Palms podcast. I'm your host Zoe Dillon, and today I'll be interviewing the band members from Underground Springhouse. Charlie Haas, Mitchell Davidson, Max Motley, Jacob Sherwin, and Jackson Thompson. You may know them from their smash hit Joyfell, with over 1,300,000 views on Spotify. Since forming in 2018, the Athens-based band has released two EPs, and in April of 2021 released their debut self-titled album, Springhouse's music can be described as rock and roll mixed in with undertones of funk, rock, and reggae. And I just want to start out by thanking you guys so much um, for coming on the podcast today.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us.
0: (laughs) So I'd love to start out um, this interview uh, by asking you, like, every band has a story. Um, And I want to ask you if you could walk me through yours.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, The band formed here in Athens... Uh, early on, when we were in college, and started off as just a cover band, just for fun, playing fraternity stuff and at bars, um, really just for fun. And then we started making original music, and slowly got more serious, and worked our way up the Athens circuit to now playing Georgia Theater, which is was once just a dream for some, you know, new college kids that were just excited to be in this in the Athens scene. So.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. Don't you have a show coming up March, is it 17th? We do,
1: on St. Patrick's Day. Nice. March 17th.
0: Is that Georgia Theater?
1: Yes, at Georgia Theater with a cool band from Virginia called Kendall Street Company. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, we're playing in Atlanta the next day after that um, at aisle five in little five points with, okay. with the same band.
0: I'm going to yeah. be in the Georgia theater to support y'all. So awesome. you'll see me in the crowd screaming in the back or no, I'll be in the front cause I'm short. So you won't be able to see yeah. me. even. Okay. So transitioning from that, how did you choose the name underground spring house? I was just curious.
1: Um, that name came from just, uh, early on in college, a joke with my, with my, one of my fraternity brothers that, mm-hmm. uh, We just, it was just a phrase I stuck to and said, if we ever make a band, that sounds like a cool band name.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: So I just, it's a phrase I heard and kept in the back pocket kind of until we needed a name.
0: How is starting your band in Athens, Georgia, like when you guys were college students impacted your career now? Like, do you think, I guess, how would it be different if you'd started it after college versus before?
1: I'll give Jackson this one because he actually transferred to UGA. So he's got a perspective of two different college towns.
0: Nice
2: oh yeah (laughs) world traveler um no I mean Athens is just like it's it's got its own scene and I mean it's like it's had you know famous bands throughout all the decades and you know they've had different iterations of the scene but it's always been a pretty like well insulated music scene I feel like I know a lot of people here Mm -hmm. and I've gotten a lot of opportunities because you know people are always trying to be playing as much as possible and do different kind of things like um i knew him i knew jacob and uh chuck before i joined this band a couple months ago and Mm -hmm. it was really because i saw um the first iteration or i guess i don't know a really old version of underground springhouse years ago and like you know me and uh max and mitch all played in a band um, when i first got to town and we played together for three years or so and sprinkled in, Jacob played a few times, so that's how I got to know him. And, you know, people are just trying to play so much that you uh, form different side projects and slowly, you know, somebody will join uh, one band. And what happened was that, you know, with this version of, of this band, uh, what, were you first? Max joined it first and then recruited Mitch from the previous <laughs> project. And then they were like, well, and then I became... A third from the previous project together. Nice. So you know. Just as opposed to like I lived in Boulder for six months, oh, cool uh, Colorado. Nice. And not near I mean, I I was a different person at the time, so like I didn't, you know, have the ability to go out and network, which is another thing that Athens was uh good for me. But um it didn't seem like the scene was nearly as prevalent, um at least from what I could find. And uh you know, and then versus like Atlanta, Atlanta's huge, right.
0: so. That's just. really, really cool. I didn't know that, so thank you for sharing that. Yeah, that, I'm sure everybody who's listening is going to think that's really cool, too. I d- okay, but kind of off topic, but what part of, like, did you grow up in Colorado?
2: No, I'm from Atlanta. I just, oh, okay, um, wait, where are
0: you in Colorado?
2: Yeah, I, so I went, um, I'm from Atlanta, and I went to, uh, Colorado was the only place I got into directly oh, out of high school, Okay. and I applied to Georgia, and I was, I've, I didn't get in, and I was uh-huh. I was really mad at the time. Yeah. I was like, you know, but I went to Colorado, and then slowly I was like, you know, if I'm going to do this music thing, I'd like to do it right in Athens, where I grew up, coming and you know watching Georgia games and listening to REM and right. watching, um, you know, all these sweet bands from this town. There's like a documentary called Athens Inside and Out that I think gives a good. Um, indication of how the scene can be here, mm-hmm. um, and that's from like the mid nineteen eighties, right? Yeah, but I, I think I, you uh, described
0: it perfectly that like the music scene here is so integrated. Like, if you're in, if you know somebody in it, you know everybody essentially, just because it's so connected,
2: right? Yeah, like over time, you'll you'll just build a network of people where, if you want to do a one off show, you know, you just call somebody. There's too many. There's too many. Um, you just can call you know, call anybody to fill in the gaps of, you know, if the people you usually play with aren't available or Mm -hmm. if you're trying to go a little bit of a different direction.
1: Also the, just the opportunities in Athens are so, are, there's so many of them that it allows bands to play a bunch live and get so much better and, and, and hone in their skills on it because in a lot of other college towns, there's no one really cares about local bands or original right. music. and to be able to go play it you know, any of the bars downtown or, or any of the venues or any random backyard parties or fraternity events or it, it's endless. And it gives bands that just that's, that's something special about Athens that, that gives bands so many opportunities that they don't have other places.
0: Why did you guys choose to be musicians? Like, what led you to realize that this was a career path that you guys wanted to pursue? And what do you think it takes to make, like, a band that works well together? What are good elements for that?
3: I wanted to play music because it makes me feel good. And to know that you can, like, communicate with other people through your instrument is something that you can't really describe. Mm -hmm. It's just a feeling you can't describe. Um, And... I don't know. I'm not good at answering that question. No,
0: no, that was good. I that think that's. I think part of that's, the, that's yeah. a great answer because it's like I just like to play. And yeah. then it tra- transitions from there because if, exactly. if you have a passion for something, you should pursue it. So,
3: What was the second part of that question?
0: I
2: forgot. Um. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, like what are good elements? Like what do you think are elements that make you all successful? What's something that like you get along really well? Are you really good friends? Like is it based on a friendship kind of, yeah, what are elements that make you all as good as you guys are. Well, right? a
3: guy named Jackson Thompson told me that the majority <laughs> of music is just hanging out. Right. Um, so you've got to be able to do that with the guys that you're playing music with or else it's you're probably not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. If you can't hang out in the same room, you're not going to be able to stand in the room and play music and effectively communicate through your instrument with each other.
0: Right. Okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> sorry if I'm a little awkward.
3: <laughs> no, sorry if I'm a little awkward.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. Um. So this is to talk, like, to go into y'all's creative process, like your songwriting process. What's your favorite song that you guys have ever written? Um. And can you talk about why?
4: I'm probably not the most qualified to answer this. Like, I haven't written the the most <laughs> songs in this band. That's but uh, what I want. <laughs> songwriting process, kind of what goes into that. Yeah, sort and of thing. it could just
0: be like not just the lyrics, but you know, yeah, how you create well, the music.
4: I mean i think for us it works it works differently i mean honestly i mean i'm still definitely pretty green when it comes to the songwriting process like i haven't done it a lot but i think collaboratively like someone's got an idea and they bring it to the band and they go here's an idea Mm -hmm. um and depending on how you know developed that idea is we'll kind of sit there and and just collaborate on it and people kind of just get to go what about this? What about this? And maybe the originator of the idea has, you know, some idea, of the direction and wants, I I don't know, you know, that there's, there's that. Cause we we're, we're really into playing live. And, um, that to me is the discipline that we've worked on the most just because we get gigs and we've got to practice for them. So like, we're, we're kind of always in that live mentality. I would say like, even when we go into the studio, I mean, we, we try to keep it pretty, you know, I mean, we overdub solos and stuff like that, but I mean, our, our recording process is primarily kind of tracked the way we would play something live. And I think because we are in that mindset a lot, like we'll get a lot of ideas, you know, somebody would just come up with something. I feel like a lot of the time, like Jackson, Jackson will always remember something cool that happened live or like something that he played. I don't know. Like, I feel like you've got a lot of licks that have, that have kind of grown over time from stuff that i feel like you've been playing since like live oak days that developed into like you know we still we still play and there's a lot of ideas that that it's weird when you play live a lot you'll kind of exchange stuff that like we've never gone in there and said hey let's practice this but like i guess just motifs or whatever that you kind of return to and like i always recognize when you're playing like the fish water type oh, baseline right. yeah, yeah, yeah. and i guess that's a little different from songwriting i guess i'm kind of I've just rambled into a different, but, but no, it, it does, I feel like, influence the songwriting process somewhat because kind of like Mitch was saying, the way we're able to talk to each other instrumentally, and not that that's like a totally unique talent, but it's something that I think we have done well at honing. I think a lot of ideas songwriting-wise are communicated through that practice and rehearsal process and then become included in the song kind of naturally.
0: So how do you decide when you guys are rehearsing or you're creating music, how do you decide what goes on an album versus what doesn't like, do you have songs that you really liked but they just didn't make the The, cut? the
4: executives at the company? <laughs> that, oh <laughs> yeah. They tell us what singles were. I'm just kidding. No, we, uh, basically since we put out our last round of music, that was pretty much all the music that had been brought forward to the band at that time. It was like, okay, we've got 10 songs. And I mean, I had just joined the band at that point. It so there were a couple that were cut, but like it was like of the 11 songs that were there, the 10 of them made the album. Yeah. And then since friends. since then, the the songs that we finished were, I mean, we're getting ready to put out two new singles. And I think kind of our, our plan right now is like kind of just release stuff sort of as we go. Mm-hmm. And um, so like you said, I mean, how do we choose stuff for an album? We're, we're not having to choose to cut anything or... Mm-hmm. or anything like that, because we're, we're kind of uh, putting it all out as we go. Nice. Yeah, I guess I because guess we're focused on the live shows, but also just because, like, I, I listen to a lot of, like, you know, classic rock stuff. So in kind of the philosophy, the discipline back then was, like, if the album was kind of a, an art form in itself, you know? I mean, really, like, you know, Pink Floyd, the Beatles in their later years. And I'm just saying stuff that, like, you know, a 15-year-old knows about rock music. But, uh... They put out albums that that are kind of complete works rather than a collection of songs or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so I think for us, if we're not making a 10-song body of work, then what's the point in saving your songs and and not releasing them as you've got them, you know?
0: Right. So it seems like y'all, I mean, obviously you mentioned live music a lot, so that could be a good transition into this next part. But before we do that, I'd love to talk about... um, your most popular song, Joy Can you describe to me the writing process of that song and how it came to be?
1: Yeah, I wrote that song and at that time was just so eager to put out original music. I was writing a lot of songs at the time and we were playing so many, we were just doing cover gigs, just playing covers all night at every show mm-hmm. and looking up to guys that were a couple years ahead of us like AFTM and all the all the local Athens bands that were making original music it was like shoot we can do that you know we have a few good songs that we can record and you know we might as well give it a shot and make make some original tunes and so it was really just a thing of being so eager to record some original music there wasn't any practice done before we went into the studio it mm-hmm. was i had i had the song it's it's pretty simple if you play guitar or instruments. You can hear it out in a very short amount of time. It's a simple song, but we got to the studio and I was like, guys, it's it's these two chords. Throw a dance beat behind it. Let's make an original song. So it was very not overthought at all. We underthought it. We just were like, let's do it.
0: That's really interesting that you bring that up, because I had a friend, too, I interviewed last week, and she mentioned um, her most popular song on the platform she made in, like, five minutes after, yeah, like, a test. really? So it's crazy that you mentioned that this is your one of your most popular songs, and you just didn't, you just went <laughs> yeah, with it. Yeah, probably you know?
1: put the least amount of effort into it, like, beforehand. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're completely shocked by the amount of, of uh, like, response that we got off of it immediately. What'd you say? That's really cool. No, we put way more effort into Float. But still, short. Like, we didn't practice a whole lot yeah. before, yeah. I guess not, but but Joyfell, we they had no, they didn't know the song. I was just
5: rebutting Charlie, <laughs> but he's right. That's the first time I've ever said that. That's also on record. Cheers,
1: <laughs> but yeah, float float the time away. We we basically practice it like for a few days before we recorded that, but mm-hmm. yeah, Joyfell, we went in, we we're like, they learned it in the studio, but the studio then was a friend's friend's basement. Oh, okay. Yeah, just home studio nice. that was, yeah. Shout out Chris Richardson, shout out Hutch Fletcher for uh <laughs> Shout out Shout out my Bob Blue.
5: Yeah.
0: So when you're in the studio, can you talk about what do you do?
5: I click my heels 3 times and the music comes out. Um <laughs> so in what what do you mean? What do we do? Like from from like when like what is the studio process yeah, like so to record exactly, a song? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we just shameless self-promotion um we just recorded two songs and we'll put them out soon probably one and then wait a little bit put out another one Mm -hmm. um but so for this past recording project we worked with our friend patrick doherty who i played in a band with when i first got to athens Mm -hmm. was like fall 2016 and the band was called 200 east which is now kudzu samurai which i don't think maybe is playing shows anymore, but I'm not exactly sure. But Patrick's an awesome dude. Um, And so he's got this little recording studio in the back of his house. And yeah, we just kind of went in there with the songs ready to go. So yeah, so we set up and we, you know, sound checked everything, made sure everyone could hear everyone else, kind of set up the room in a way that we could get the best recording. So, you know, setting up sound barriers, putting amps behind things turning amps around you know positioning things in the room well such that you can get the best recording which takes time usually that's like an hour and a half two hours before you even start playing and then once they get everything figured out all that kind of stuff then it's really just running through the song a few times our process usually because we you know like max was saying we try to keep it as close to when we practice it when we learn the song when we play it live as possible Mm -hmm. and then yeah so we'll play through it a few times and then Yeah, that's usually, so that'll usually be a day. Usually we'll track the whole song in a day, all the bass parts, like bass line parts, so like drums, bass, rhythm guitar, keys, if there's just like simple parts or or we're in a studio space that has the instrument that we're looking for with keys, then we'll do like one line of something, but normally keys, solos, lead guitar, anything else that's ancillary, percussion background vocals harmonies anything like that usually is like an add-in afterwards so this last go around we tracked both of these songs in one day if I remember correctly and then went back in for another day to do like dubs like overdubs on one of them and then another day for the other one Mm -hmm. and then I went back another day to do percussion stuff so it's kind of just like an ongoing process and I guess it's never takes as little time as you think it's going to no matter how prepared you are but, yeah, that's usually our process. And then um, with Patrick, it's been really awesome. We've been able to go back over to uh, his place and mix the tunes. Mm-hmm. And then um, we've, like our last album, we're going to send these tunes off to John Keane, who did all the widespread Panic stuff and R.E.M. But, yeah, so he did the last stuff. Sounds really great. So we're going to send this stuff off to him, too. And, yeah, should be out soon. That's Cheers. really cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, I didn't realize how much well, – I mean, I knew how much – Conceptually, I do not know how much work goes into making a song just because I've never been a part of that process. So it's really cool that you explained it, like, obviously, like, perfectly. So thank well, you thanks. so much. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Let's, I guess, transition into performing live because you, men- you guys mentioned that a lot um, already, and I'd love to talk more about that if you guys are cool with that. So what's the thing that you guys... And it'll be different from each of you, I'm sure, and maybe you guys share similar things in this, but what's the thing that you love most about performing and what's been your favorite performance so far and why?
3: My favorite thing about performing is making it stanky up in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Could you elaborate? <laughs> yeah. Um, Stank <laughs> face.
3: I don't know that I can elaborate on that, but my favorite, I mean, the best part about playing is, is is not only, like like I said before, communicating with the guys on stage, mm-hmm. but also, like, the live, like, the, uh, the audience aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Getting a reaction out of the audience, uh, being able to feed off of that into like having that feed into your playing that's it's a huge part of it
0: Can you see that well when you're on stage cuz now the lights are on you like and in your face so like can you see out into the crowd like how well can you see people's reactions
3: Yeah it kind of just depends on what stage we play on but okay. normally you can you can see out into the crowd yeah Okay
0: cool
1: It seems to almost be like the nicer the light rig the less you can see
0: Ah interesting okay Like at Georgia
1: Theater it's really hard to see past the first few rows right for in but in a in a bar and a you know right. that barely has a light rig you can see the whole thing
0: that's really cool i i would love to like if i ever i mean i don't perform but if i ever did i think i'd love to be in a setting where i can actually see the crowd really well just and like it's I'm less sure. hot yeah oh that's yeah that's a good point but, but then you're less sweaty because i feel like you know the, the lights, lights being down on you yeah I would, no, you're
3: sweaty no matter what don't yeah, worry okay, about that
0: yeah. <laughs> what's gonna happen um, <laughs> So your guys' sound is, like, very groovy and seems to pull inspiration from the 70s. What what did you grow up listening to? Or is that... You seem to have a very visceral reaction to that. Is that correct? Uh, Would you... Yeah. <laughs> I uh,
3: <laughs> I grew up listening to classic rock. Okay. You know, Dad, dad showed favorite? me the good shit. Yeah, your and, favorite
0: uh, artists. Uh,
3: favorite artists. Growing up, my favorite artists were different than my favorite artists currently are. Okay. Um, but I like widespread panic nice, and uh I like the Jacob Sherwin band that's a really good uh really it's it's a really good my early influences I listened to uh, a lot of Primus Megadeth no I'm kidding this is all this is all bullshit <laughs> I listened to a lot of Leonard Skinner, uh ACDC Beatles you know Beatles is that's the that's the wheelhouse right there that's the good stuff right. um kind of transformed into grunge somewhere around high school and uh found my way into i guess if you want to call it that the jam scene because that's what it is but mm-hmm. you know found the grateful dead and that sh- that shit's beautiful
0: yeah i agree yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. do you all know the band rooster they did grateful dead like a cover just, touch it, yeah they did touch it, right? Yeah, it was really cool
1: i think if you all five of us would obviously have lots to say about all of our influence though but mm-hmm. that's what makes it cool too with all the so- with the songwriting process and playing live um, and the communication, all of it together is being in a band. That's, that's the fun of it is everyone has similar, but different influences. So sometimes we'll be playing and, you know, Mitchell rip out some grungy like guitar sound and it's like, makes you laugh. Cause like, oh, that's, it's your personality showing through the, your music playing mm-hmm. or some, or just for example, or with songwriting, you know, like I tend to write more, um, I like writing, like, reggae songs and, like, more beachy rock kind of stuff, and that definitely comes from my influence, and all these guys have a billion others that go into their songwriting, too, so it's cool.
0: Yeah, I l- just listening to some of y'all's songs. I can see, like, different influences throughout. Like, I listen to them with my mom. Cause she was like, who are you interviewing next week? I'm like, Oh, I'll show you. Um, and it, she like pulled up like all these different artists that she grew up listening to. And she's like, this runs you, this, this person. Oh, ever. nice. Yeah. So it's really cool. Um, so I guess that can kind of go off of this question too, but do you guys know who your g- demographic of listeners are? Like the majority of them, like when you perform and you look out into the crowd at concerts, who's, who's in the crowd?
2: I I think it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We had some people twerking to some bluegrass. Yeah. Macon's a fun town. What? I like oh, okay. Macon. Yeah. Um, Macon, bacon, and Macon. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's a... T- <laughs> I have not been in the band long enough to know, I guess, perfectly. Well, I don't... It depends on the venue, because we play a lot of venues where people are just... They just know there's a band there. Okay. You know, but then, you know, we got a lot of people who we see in Athens... Uh, with consistency mm-hmm. um, but right now I think we're just in a stage where we're playing a lot of either bars that people don't know exactly who we are but maybe have heard some things mm-hmm. or we play a lot of uh, private events that are like Greek life type things so gotcha. that's that's something that you kind of see with consistency but right. I mean right now I think mostly it's just kind of like a college crowd okay. and um, yeah I mean I, that I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's good. I mean, that's good. The, answer. It's, it's, uh, you see a lot of people, but you don't ever really. T- I am not the best at like interacting with the crowd, I guess, afterwards. Um, but typically, I mean, you just see kind of just like a younger, um, younger crowd, I guess. Got
1: a pretty good Spotify following in Israel.
0: Oh really? Oh yeah, can we talk about your Spotify demographics? That's kind of cool, I guess I could (laughs) Why do you think that, like what, or why do you think that is
1: Um, it is really cool though, yeah, Spotify, it's a love-hate relationship with Spotify
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, they don't pay artists anything Right, Which stinks, but also they shoot your music out all over the world And there's Mm -hmm. no way people in Israel would have ever heard our music Well, yeah, (laughs) well, people all over the world at least, you know um, wouldn't have been able to hear our music if it weren't for Spotify, so mm-hmm. it's it's love-hate, you know. Right. Um, it gives you opportunities if people haven't heard you, but back in the day, we would have been selling CDs at all our shows, probably making a lot more money, mm-hmm. but our music wouldn't have been spreading as far, probably, so, yeah.
0: Right. Mm, um, I guess I could ask this now. Where do you guys hope to see your band being in, like, five, five years from now?
4: Madison Square Garden.
0: Nice. Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh I mean, it, you know, uh, so many implications. The I mean, obviously larger stages are always um Yeah, yeah, we're we're always not we I mean, I think really um still playing and making money, mm-hmm. you know, enough money to to live doing it would be would be the goal. I, you know, I really don't know. I I People seem to... Obviously, there are very few superstars in music. There are very few superstars in anything. But... I, I don't know how many people, you know, carve out a middle-class lives for themselves playing music. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it doesn't... It just seems... Like, generally, I feel like your perception is distorted just because you see the bands that you, you know, might really like or something like that. But... Typically, a lot of the times those bands are, are really successful. So I, I don't know. I, I I have no idea. Like what what level in five years would be the level level meaning you know what size stage or or mm-hmm. what festival or what would be the level that it would take for us to um, be able to to live just by playing music. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know I I don't think any of us are expecting or. Yeah, I don't. I, not 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 that we're not, not that we wouldn't. Sorry.
3: Said so we're expecting exponential growth.
5: Huh.
4: Yeah. Well, I mean, but it, we. You know, we really we don't. But I, that doesn't mean none of us w- would would probably. I mean, is that is that vain to say that if we saw exponential growth, I think everybody would be stoked about it. Exponential growth. Oh yeah. Definitely. Um. Linear growth is is so two thousand and late. <laughs> um, no, I mean really, we we. I, I think everybody. I think in five years, uh, everybody would like to see the band playing and and at a point where it's grown somewhat, you know. So anyway, yeah, and and playing every day. So.
0: I really wish I had more than one microphone so I could pick up on all y'all's commentary because they're missing out on so much, and I'm really sad about it. I'm sorry, guys. When I get more uh, high high tech, it'll be better. So. I just want to ask these these are like uh fun story questions so like things that y'all like crazy things that have happened y'all like the best things that have happened y'all this is kind of like the category for that so what is y'all's favorite story from being on the road or touring
1: um probably not my favorite story but a pretty just a good one that comes to mind a memorable one was pretty recently we spent all night in a mcdonald's parking lot after outside of charlotte after our bus broke down yeah and uh we were trying to crank up the bus, and it was not cranking up. And me and Mitch went to spray some starter fluid, and the we popped the hood, and and uh, yes, a, a fiery ball of explosion came out of me and Mitch's face, and singed our eyebrows off. It um, did. But if anyone wants to buy said bus, it is in the shop, and we will be selling it, and hoping to upgrade very shortly. It's only, it's only blown up once. It's only blown up once. <laughs> It's, yeah, great track record.
2: She's still got a lot of miles left in her. I saw Stevo because of that, too, so that was fun. He was in the Charlotte airport, and he had his <gasps> dog with him.
0: Oh, are you kidding? Did you talk to him?
2: No, I was probably, he had a very big dog with him. Oh, yeah, I so mean, you I know thought why. We, we were kind of in, in a rush to get to Virginia. Right. So. Did
0: you like snap a pic or anything?
2: I was really fearful of the dog. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: wait, what kind of dog? Like, oh.
2: uh, he had a lot of people around him. Ah. Uh. Um. He had a guy who I would hope was working for him wearing a shirt with his face on it. <laughs> um. Standard in the cam? It is. It is seems like pretty standard. You
0: with you his face on like it. On. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. I that's the vibe. My favorite, yeah.
1: I think you guys should
0: do that, like you guys all wear shirts of each other, like with each other's faces only on it. That'd be yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say?
1: I think my favorite is when uh, we were in Mobile, and me and Max went up to the motel we were going to stay at, and it was the sketchiest motel in America. Uh-huh. And we were like, there's no way we're staying here. And our buddy Chris Driscoll came to the rescue and uh, housed six grungy sweaty dudes (laughs) in his beautiful house and his parents cooked us breakfast and they were very sweet so that's probably my my favorite as of as of recently
0: so wholesome um so what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to y'all while traveling or on the road or performing
5: i don't
3: i don't know it was pretty funny when we had um when we had a lady twerking for us
5: to bluegrass there was bluegrass playing we were playing some bluegrass you she, know? Was,
3: she was thrown back, as they say. She was,
5: she was really... It was, like, on the stage. Like, she had, like, one foot up on the stage. You know, and it's funny, you know... Okay, so my funniest thing that's ever happened at a show was in the same place the last time we played there at the Hummingbird in Macon. Awesome spot. Go check it out. Shameless plug for the Hummingbird in Macon. You can smoke um, cigarettes inside. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Um, But, so... It, like, stays in everything. But, so... um, The last time we played there, we're, like, packing everything up, and... These dudes just decided that it was time for a brawl, and Max had his keyboard like cradled in his arms, was putting it in the case, and like the the stage, the front of the stage has like look like corners. I don't know how to how to describe it, but it kind of like it's like rather than being rectangular, it has like smaller and smaller like squares kind of it's weird but so max got like cornered by these dudes fighting and it was this whole thing and mitch and i are just standing on stage or jackson i I don't remember who it was but just like watching the whole thing go down and max's face is like stuck between like holy shit and like not my keys and like (laughs) oh my god yeah it was brand new and it was just like i cannot believe this is happening right now something something crazy always happens there but yeah but it wasn't funny nothing funny happens in underground springhouse yeah, buy our merch <laughs> 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 buy our merch underground springhouse dot com we're end, on like- spotify apple music <laughs> <laughs> amazon prime
0: how did it end did y'all not like why didn't you help him
5: uh, just, I don't... it's a liability um no i'm kidding uh we are limited liability so no i'm <laughs> kidding uh no just underground yeah underground is really just it um yeah, no, I don't I don't know. I, just, I think the manager
3: broke it up pretty quickly.
5: Yeah, yeah. just the whole thing was so it's entertaining. Security. I know, just like sat down, I think maybe it was just like, yeah, hell yeah. You know, just kind of sometimes the end of the night, you just, yeah. it's a good time. Yeah,
0: we were tired. I feel like ty also ty. it's kind of like a dog fight. You never, if you're smart, you never stick your hand in a dog uh, fight because you know you're going to lose a finger, so you just let somebody else do it for yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, okay. That's that's the kind of vibe that it yeah, sounds right. like. Got it. <laughs> um, so the best. Uh, so if, what's y'all's favorite fan story other than the woman twerking is, or is that your favorite fan story?
1: My favorite recent one was, uh, homegirl from Statesboro shamelessly DMing me on Instagram asking <laughs> if Max had a girlfriend. Oh, um, I hope you're not listening and embarrassed, <laughs> but, um, you
0: didn't say your name. It's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that was, pretty, yeah, buy our merch, um, <laughs> 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 fan stories though, um, I think she was just a fan of Max. I don't think she really (laughs) cared for the band. Um,
0: It's good that you know now, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Better a friend. She's honest.
1: Um, Actually, my favorite fan story, the coolest thing that I've probably ever heard just from the band was this guy we know named Nick Puglisi came and uh, was thrown the Frisbee with us one day. Mm -hmm. And it was during COVID and he had just come back from studying abroad in like Chile or something. Mm -hmm. And he met some guy over there that was also from a different country. Mm Mm-hmm. And he showed Nick our band. <gasps> and he was like, dude, I know those guys. What? Are you kidding me? Like Yeah. Um, so I guess that's a, a distant fan. Yeah. Uh, it was I wasn't merch. there to experience the memory, but, <laughs> 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 but uh that's probably my favorite, coolest thing that I've heard. Um that's coolest really connection. Cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I showed y'all to my family in Portugal, so you got people in Portugal oh, now, so awesome. yeah, check it out on Thank Spotify. You. Yeah. Um Let's see. Okay, if I think I already asked. Well, Max might have touched on it. He said Madison Square Garden, but what would be your dream gig? Like, if you could play anywhere in the world, where would you want to play? We'll anywhere. We have at five all. different answers here. Let's. Oh yeah, around I on want. Yeah, please. I'd love to hear everybody.
3: Yeah, my name is Mitchell Davidson, and I want to play in my living room.
5: I'm Jacob, um, and I would say Red Rocks probably.
1: I am Charlie, and I think. Playing on the main stage at four twenty fest would be really cool. Looking at the Atlanta skyline, playing
2: in Centennial Park. Jackson. Um <laughs> uh Red Rocks, definitely. That would be ridiculous to do. Oh, wait, can I have a question? No, you can't have
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> have you like have you seen a concert there or been there since I mean you were in Colorado for a while?
2: Yeah, I I've been to close to ten shows there, nice. I think. But all or but probably over that. But it's because, I mean I've went to like three straight um, widespread panic, three-night runs there. So okay. that, was, <laughs> that was a lot of money. I worked a job specifically to pay for that run one year. Right. But, like, I've, yeah, I've seen a, a, a few shows. Like, Humphreys McGee and mm-hmm. Tame Paulo was really good. Anywhere, Anybody that who has, like, so awesome cool. lights at that place is just unbelievable because it just right. bounces off the rocks. It's really cool.
0: Oh, I'm so jealous I've never been. I want to go.
2: Yeah, it's awesome.
3: Hey, Mitch here. Um... <laughs> Playing in my living room would be pretty cool, but I'd, what's it called? Yeah, that one, Tipitinas. It's in uh, New Orleans, I believe. Yeah, I've seen. I've I've just heard things about it. I actually don't even know if it's still open. Um, I've heard that it's a snake den. It's a den of thieves. Yeah, it, I heard it's very dangerous, and you don't want to be caught there at night. No, I like I I like in my living room. Yeah. Don't
4: change your answer. Michael. Uh Dream Venue. Um uh Max. Uh, <laughs> um I I I I guess Red Rocks is a pretty good answer. Um I think the Fox Theater would be cool in Atlanta. Yeah. Um just cuz I grew up going to shows there. It was weird I grew up going to uh when I'd go to the Fox it was always like a nice show with my parents, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but like now, now I go to the, cause now I go to the Fox and Mm -hmm. like, I'll go to see like panic shows there. Mm -hmm. And it's just totally, it's weird going to a rock show at the Fox because you associate it with, I don't know. I associate it with like going to stuff around like Christmas time and like,
0: didn't they have Hamilton there? Yeah. yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Like that,
4: that's that's a place like I used to dress up to go. And then it's like, everyone's wearing like tie dye and yeah. Drinking a bunch of beer and, um but so i think but the fox would be really cool i just think that's such a cool venue and and um yeah i've i've had a lot of fun going there nice um yeah
0: i loved all y'all's answers those are really cool and i yeah i want to go to red rock at some point too so half hopefully it'll be at you alls show in five years (laughs) um or less yeah in one year in two months yeah two okay
1: i uh made a uh deal with my girlfriend's dad like right when we started dating uh-huh that he w- he was like when if and when y'all ever play red rocks i get to go on stage and it was like right when i met him so i'm too scared to say no right no, dude, let's have and him so
2: the, let's have him do the, the kfc thing
1: the kfc thing
2: yeah well, we're gonna have just somebody sit on stage and eat a bucket of kfc and not <laughs> say anything about it and just
1: don't even acknowledge his presence don't
2: acknowledge it.
1: i think it'd be pretty awesome but he's uh he's he does have good stage presence i've seen him on Y'all may have seen him on stage. At you may have at at Fiji that time. That's
5: on its golf golf event. Oh, oh
1: so yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. So he's he can command a crowd, no doubt. But um, just saying, if we ever happen to get there, just letting y'all know that's that's gonna have to happen, yeah. or I will not win her hand in marriage.
0: <laughs> you have to change the if to when.
1: Yeah, when.
0: Yeah, there you go. Okay. My my wrap up question um that I'd like to ask is I'm sure some of the people who listen to this podcast maybe aspiring artists or musicians um what would you say to your younger self that would help those who want to be successful in this industry accomplish what y'all are already doing
3: hey mitch here um the answer to that question is play with with as many people as you can Mm -hmm. Um, and that's that okay for me anybody else
2: it's it's really it's like this is like something if you take like emboss it's one of the things that you learn but you have no idea what's going to be successful and when it will be, so just making as many attempts as possible because, you know, something you will stick that you wouldn't think or, you know, the other way around. Also, learn multiple instruments because as somebody who's played, uh, I play bass, and as somebody who plays bass, the number, I was in like six bands at one point in this town, and um, everybody's always looking for Somebody who plays drums or keys or bass or something like that, you know, so just gives you a lot more opportunities if you're a little bit more of a versatile person.
5: Um, buy our merch, just kidding. Um, but so I think similarly to what everyone else said, just um, get in as much opportunities, like, like, take advantage of every opportunity, put yourself out there, and don't be scared to do things that you might shy away from because it's not what you prefer what you know my Athens music story is kind of different from everyone else's because everyone kind of just did the jam band thing because that's what they wanted to do I played with a math rock band and then I played with a country band and I did some like blues kind of R&B stuff and then I played with a jam band and then I did some more of the country stuff and the blues R&B stuff and then back with the jam band so it's like you can do a whole lot of stuff and all that stuff will make you a better player even if it's not really what you want to do like All the time. Plus, like, that shit pays, so go take those gigs. Everything. Practice. Buy our
1: merch. (laughs) Charlie here. My answer, my advice would be, um, if you're thinking about doing it or you're afraid or scared, just do it. Just, if you're hesitating, just go for it. Dive in. Like, we were eager to just put a song out. We got, we just said, we're just going to do it. Like, hey, studio on Saturday let's go. I'll teach you the song there. We didn't look back. I have a good buddy, Jake Rogers. He has a band Champagne Lane. They are for a song golden hour. He was, he was sending it to me hesitant about releasing it. And I'm like, dude, this is a great song. You should release it. It's got 3 million listens now. Like both, you know, just an example of both of our bands where we were just hesitating and then said, screw it, let's do it. And then it jump started our careers basically. So if you're scared or you're hesitating or you're not, you're, you know, just do it. The worst that can happen is it doesn't take off. And then you can at least know that you tried. Mm-hmm. That's my advice. Well, but I'm still looking for a lot of advice myself. So <laughs> if there's any elder musicians out there that have some
4: for me, I'm I'm all ears.
0: Do you want to add to that, Max?
4: Uh, sure. Um, yeah, I guess, like, practice... Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, you got to practice because you got to know your instrument, branch out, get to know people. Mitch Jackson and I were super lucky because we got here and started. We knew each other. Mitch and I knew each other. We were in the same fraternity. And I knew Jackson through a mutual friend of ours, Ben Meyer. And, um,. So we were really lucky. Like we got, we, I mean, I guess Jackson had been here for a little bit, but Mitch and I got to school and, and had people to play with kind of right out of the gate. But you know, that's not the case for like most people, you know, just cause they don't have an ensemble that they can play with uh, that quickly. So kind of like Jacob said, you know um, play around and, and you never know, you never know what'll lead you where. And, try to go to shows of other local bands that like, even if it's not your thing a hundred percent, once you're kind of around people that are, that are also doing it, I feel like it, it sort of uh, at the least puts you in the right state of mind. And then at the best, it can actually, you know, put you in direct contact with people that also want to play music or, you know, pursue art or whatever. So.
0: Um, I lied. I said that was the last question, but I want to ask y'all, do you have any upcoming shows that you'd like to announce and or talk about?
5: Okay. Buckle your seatbelts. Here we go, folks. Okay. Just kidding. So yeah, we've got uh, some awesome shows coming up um, starting next week. We are in Charleston on the 11th, um, kind of kickstarting a little run of shows that we're doing. Um, That one's just us at the Charleston Poorhouse Deck. on march 11th and then the next week we are going on a little tour with kendall street company um an awesome band from charlottesville virginia um and yeah so that tour will go greensboro on march 16th and then athens on saint patty's day atlanta the next night is march 18th friday night then we hit birmingham at avondale brewery with bird dog jubilee and lua flora so it'll be an awesome show. That's like an outdoor awesome brewery space. And then we're in Nashville the next night. And then the next weekend is all North Carolina shows, Raleigh, Charlotte, and then Asheville Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So we'll wrap it up on the 26th in Asheville. All that information's on our website, undergroundspringhouse.com, which is the same place that our merch is at. Um, but yeah, so more of the good, less of the bad. Hoorah, hoorah, hoorah. Um, see you at a show yeah and we've also still have a couple of openings for a couple of private events too wherever you people are listening from all over the wide world um but yeah so hit us up come catch a show check us out online
0: thank you guys so much for coming on here um and doing this with me i really appreciate it, it was so cool to learn about you all like a little more and better and i feel like more personally i guess um, also, go follow them on Instagram. It's at Underground Um And if you guys want to follow each of them individually, I will put in the description, like, their personal Instagrams, too, if y'all are cool with that.
2: Awesome. Yeah. Um, so
0: Max can get a second girlfriend. <laughs> 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 uh, um, yeah, is there anything else that you guys would like to add or mention or talk about um, while you still have the floor? Yeah,
5: you're thinking like a true Springhouse member here. We, we just additionally add girlfriends, but we love them all the same. This is good. This is good. Thanks so much for having us on. Um, That was a lot of fun. It was nice meeting you.
0: Yeah, it was nice meeting you guys too. Um, Next time, hopefully when I interview y'all in the future, I'll have more than two mics. I promise. No
1: worries. No (laughs) worries. It was fun. Thanks. Thank
5: Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Cheers. And before we go, I'm going to leave y'all with a little snippet of Underground Springhouse's song titled Five O'Clock. Thanks so much for listening.
1: illuminates past perfection about it but gotta why did you make it so hard to have to go oh you never know just how lucky you are, lucky you are, lucky you are.
5: and it's a miracle we made it so far